Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Violet Reiki Radio on the Seika Network through blogtalkradio.com with your host, Reiki Shihan Rose Jimenez, your source for all things Reiki in love, light, and healing. Everybody, I am your host, Rosie Menez, Reiki Sheehan, Mercury Retrograde Communications Tsunami Surfer. I apologize to everyone that the show is starting late, but we had a multitude of connection and communication problems thanks to Block Talk Radio. Uh, should I say compliments of Blog Talk Radio? Uh, but me and my lovely Zen of the day. See, I knew today was going to be a very Zen day. Uh, me and my lovely Zen of the day managed to get through it without too much of a struggle and a hassle and a bunch of problems. And now that I am here in the studio, and you guys are here in the studio. I'm going to play one of my favorite songs while I go rustle up everybody. Uh, This is written by a colleague and friend, Colin Powell. He is the um, administrator of Reiki Pure and Simple, which is a page on Facebook. He is a Reiki master teacher, Shihan, over in the U.K., my dear friend, and um, he wrote this lovely song, the Gokai song, and uh, let me go find uh, Kathleen, and we will be back. My guest this evening is Kathleen Prasad, but we will discuss that when we all get back on air in just a few moments. Enjoy.
Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed that little bit of that lovely song by Colin. And everything is going according to plan. Now, I would like to thank the founders of the Sacred Network for giving me this wonderful opportunity to bring the show to the public every Thursday evening where we talk about Reiki, all things surrounding Reiki, its discovery, roots, practice, and more. And Reiki is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. A word, uh, if you want to, uh, if you have any questions about Reiki, Feel free to contact me. You can contact me at rose at violetrosereiki.com. And that also is my website, violetrosereiki.com. And on Facebook, I have a page that's called Reiki Ward. And just search the, you know, the little search bar in Facebook. If you type in Reiki Ward or Reiki Ward page, it will come up. And this is a page that was created to provide distance Reiki healing for free for all humans and all animals globally. We do two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum, and we place the requests that come in on our Reiki healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy work and healing. And I have to say, we've gotten quite a couple of animal healing requests in the past two weeks. So um, I'm happy to see that because my guest this evening is Kathleen Prasad. And Kathleen is an animal Reiki teacher, among other things. She's an author. She um, has uh, quite a few things available kind of helping animals. She is the founder of Sarah, and she can explain that to you when she gets on exactly what that stands for. After tonight's craziness, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but... Um, Kathleen is a lifelong animal lover and an educator. For the past 15 years, she received her BA in history from University of California, Berkeley, and her California teaching credential from Sacramento State University in 1993. Kathleen went on to teach history, social studies, English, and drama in the San Francisco public schools for nine years. In the course of these years, she designed curriculum, and community projects for her students in animal kindness, encouraging volunteer work in animal shelters. In 1998, she learned Reiki and began regularly volunteering Reiki with local animal shelters, local shelter animals. Inspired by her volunteer experiences, Kathleen decided to dedicate her teaching career to animal Reiki full-time in 2002. Since then, she's authored Reiki for Dogs, co-authored the books, The Animal Reiki Handbook and Animal Reiki, Using Energy to Heal the Animals in Your Life, and written many educational articles on animals and Reiki for holistic publications around the world. Her work has been featured in the Journal of American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association, Animal Fair, The Whole Dog Journal, Dogs Naturally Magazine, Dog Fancy, Animal Wellness Magazine, Equine Wellness Magazine, and Natural Horse Talk Magazine. She's been featured on many radio shows, as well as her local news and national PBS series, Healing Quest. So, without further ado, let's bring on Ms. Kathleen Prasad. Kathleen? Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. So glad you're here. So glad we got to do this. Well, it thank you like so much we for having me. Uh, thank you for being back on again. You were great the last time we had you on, and I did tell you we were going to have you on again, and here it is. Um, you've got a lot of new stuff going on. Hard to keep track yes. of you. Yes. <laughs> you've got, um, I noticed what just came out as a Kindle, Help Animals with Reiki book. That's a Kindle version, right? Yes. I do. And everything Animal Reiki just came out, right? Well, it came out sort of pre-published to my students. I just taught my very first Everything Animal Reiki class back in Pennsylvania last weekend. 
And so they have the first copies, but it's not quite out on Amazon, but it should be out within the next month. So that everything Animal Reiki is coming out. And then shortly following behind that, um, we have a new, Sarah is coming out with a new pocketbook called Five Powerful Meditations to Help Heal Animals. And that will be coming out shortly after the Everything Animal Reiki. So, yeah, three new three new books. <laughs> Busy lady. And, and what does Sarah stand for again? I know it's Animal Reiki Association, but what's the, the first Shelf, F? Shelf. Shelter Animal Reiki Association. Okay, great. Wow. And it's funny because, you know, the timing on everything is wild. Tomorrow night I am working, um, doing a fundraiser for Last Hope. And it's an animal rescue uh, place where I adopted my cat, Pashtrum, and um, a very lovely psychic medium and colleague of mine, Gina Simone, is going to be doing gallery readings and, and working her mediumship skills. And I'm going to be working with psychic and part of it. And um, it's for the animals, which is great because, um, you know, it gets, gets them to uh, get some money together for last hope to take care of the animals. And uh, that's great. Yeah. Also encourages people to adopt you know, yeah. uh, animals. I, I'm bringing a picture of my daughter with me. I'm going to put it there on my table so that everybody knows what <laughs> what wonderful animals come out of Last Hope. And um, yeah, so oh, I that's think that's great. That's yeah, fun. yeah, and uh, she just she loves it. I mean, when I have people come, I have a client on the table. She's like, "Oh, I'm the Reiki assistant. Here I am," and then she just kind of jumps on the table. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. So there's something else you had. Animals. I don't know if it's a video, but animals uh, make good meditation partners or good for meditation. What did I see? Well, gosh, like you said, I have so many things going on right now. But um, one of my latest articles is that um, animals make great meditation partners. So I have a blog, a blog called It's a Heartful Life, and Mm -hmm. I try to put, um, like, articles on there that are more, I would say, for a wider audience. And so I I speak about things that are, you know, really a part of, a part of what I do, really, only... um, a little I talk more about meditation with animals than Reiki specifically. So I had an article called Three Reasons Animals Make the Best Meditation Teachers. That was it, right. And um that was a lot it's a lot of fun, um, just to really what I try to do is really celebrate animals. Um do you want to hear what the three reasons were? <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna ask so like what really makes an animal the best meditation teacher? So Here's three three ways that an, my animals have helped me become a, a better meditator. One is that it's easier to stay present and peaceful in the moment when we're with our animals. So the more that we sort of are agitated, the more our animals mirror that, and the more you know our our busy minds, our animals will kind of be agitated, and the more that we quiet ourselves the more our animals relax so i can kind of see what state i'm in by how the animals around me are responding to my presence and also you know animals are just naturally calming just being in their space so if i'm having trouble letting go i'm sitting with my animal they help me to let go and just be very quiet and be with them in that moment so that's the first reason and um, the second reason is that animals help our hearts to open so that we can radiate our inner compassion. Animals are, you know, unconditional in their love and acceptance for us. And so when we're with them, we can't help but open our hearts. So if we sit with our animals during our meditation practice, then we're we're already opening our hearts to our animals and then we're adding in our meditation and compassion just, just radiates out and third animals have helped me to realize that in an informal meditation is just as effective as a formal meditation so some people might think that you know i just have to sit with my eyes shut and you know have this special 
candle that I light and everything has to be quiet and I need my nice music and that's how I meditate. And that's nice, but if we think that that's the only way we can meditate, then we can limit ourselves because in reality, meditation is not about escaping the world and sitting Mm -hmm. in a stiff position. (laughs) The most important thing meditation does is to bring compassion to our lives. So in truth, We have to take our practice off the cushion and bring it with us into the world. So what animals teach us by their compassionate presence, very freeing, they teach us that any moment in our lives can be a meditation because we can practice peaceful presence when we're sitting, when we're walking, when we're standing, when we're cuddling our cat, when we're walking our dog, when we're standing in the pasture with our horse. So animals already live this peaceful presence and so they kind of show us how to do it as well that's great yeah people get really crazy over meditation and first thing a lot of times the first thing i'll hear from students in classes i don't know how to meditate (laughs) it's like okay you know i don't have time to meditate i don't know i don't have time it's like it's not all that difficult. You're thinking you have to sit cross-legged on the floor, and like you said, candles, music, all of this stuff. And it overwhelms some people. And sometimes life gets a little bit too hectic and crazy, and you're not always, you know, at the time you'd like to be or the position you'd like to be or in the room you'd like to be in or what have you. And I'm kind of developing this thing, which I laugh because I think of Star Trek, and if I'm in my office and I just, I'm I'm like, okay, I really have, I haven't meditated yet. I have to. I, I need a couple of minutes here just to meditate. I'll almost do uh, what they used to call on Star Trek the Vulcan nerve pinch. I just close my eyes, relax my body, and go lymph and just go into a breathing meditation. <laughs> no prep, <laughs> no nothing, just meditation now. And it works. I mean, even for like five minutes, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just, it does help. So, yeah, with the animals, even better. Um, For me, really, you know, and this is why my new book, the little pocket book I'm doing through Sarah, um, Five Powerful Meditations to Help Heal Your Animals, this for me is really what Reiki is all about. And I think that's another thing that animals have taught me is to, to not get stuck so much in all the rituals of Reiki, but to think more about the the fruits of Reiki. And the fruits of Reiki are compassion and connection and peacefulness and balance and harmony and healing and all these things. And it all comes through our meditation practice with Reiki. So I think, um, you know, really easy to to do Reiki, <laughs> but people sometimes feel like it's so complex, and I think even the word Reiki kind of gets some people defensive. Um, so I have found that opening up the dialogue to meditating with our animals can help people to already start to feel the benefits of doing that, the healing benefits for themselves, and for their animals, and so hopefully then after that, then they feel they feel more comfortable, you know, learning more about Reiki and, and what it is, you know. And, and in fact, I'm so excited that I was able to um, go to my daughter's classroom on, on Tuesday this week and teach a little Reiki class to a bunch of second graders. That's fantastic. It was so cute. It was actually, it was adorable. We all sat in a little circle on the floor, and I taught them, they're studying Japan right now. So Mm -hmm. I taught them some of the Japanese words and um, the meditation practice. So I taught them um, the word Reiki, and I taught them the word Gosho, and we all practiced how to Gosho. And then I I taught them um, the dry bathing, the kenyokuho. So I taught them the word kenyokuho. And then mm-hmm. I showed them how to do the dry bathing. They were all excited. They were doing it over and over again. They loved it. I love and, it. <laughs> and then we did the joshin kokyoho breath, that, that hara breathing. And we did right. six breaths. And I had them move their hands with down their body and out to show breathing into the hara and breathing out expanding. And so we all moved our hands for all the breaths. 
And then we finished with the dry bathing again, which they got really excited about, and finished with the gosh show. <laughs> and it was it was great because afterwards I said, um, and now how does everybody feel? And everyone said, good, relaxed, you know. The, yeah. Nice. You know, the kids really, I said, do you feel uh, the difference between before we did this meditation and after how you feel inside? And they all could really feel it and their eyes were big and they were so excited. And then I brought out the fun part. I said, well, did you know that you can share this with your animals? And I got brought out my books and I showed them a bunch of pictures of me with different kinds of animals. And I talked how I can you know, I've I've worked with crocodiles and alligators and tigers and elephants and and they were just like what? And then they were just so excited, and so I was able to to talk to them about how their animals sense how they feel and the emotions that they're feeling, and if they're sad, does their animal come up to them and notice? And they all were like, oh yeah, my dog always helps me if I feel sad, or my cat comes and purrs when I feel sad or upset about something, and so I said, well. When we, you know, meditate like this with our animals, they sense that peacefulness and they want to come be with us. And if they're not feeling well, it can help them to feel better. And a couple of the kids had sick animals, and so they were like, oh, I can't wait to try it. And um, so it it was really great. And my daughter told me that the next day, one of the students in the class, he actually went home and he did the meditation the whole night until he went to bed. And then he said that his legs were sore when he went to bed because he was sitting in Seiza. Because I showed them Seiza, and we, we all agreed that we all agreed that Seiza was not very comfortable position to no, sit. No. That we liked the cross legged but he wanted to do it like like the real Japanese way. So he sat in Seiza all night meditating. And I was like, oh my god, that is so adorable. And um, you know, it's just I think it's there are so many opportunities in the world to bring this, you know, without a formal Reiki class, just with, you know, I had I had half an hour with these kids, you know, and just to right. start helping people to see that, you know, all we have to do is just stop and sit and, and be, and our world around us can change when we do that. I mean, that's the simplicity of what Reiki is, truly. Truly, really. And I think... You know, I think a lot of uh, my recent adoption of a lovely Zen attitude is I owe it to my cat, Pash, because nothing unruffles this cat. Nothing ruffles her. Nothing gets her. She just walks around like, it's all good. Don't worry. It's all good. Nothing <laughs> bothers her. And I think I, I'm adopting her attitude, you know. It's like, yeah, it's all good. Perfect. <laughs> so, and she does that, too. She never, she's very typical cat, aloof, independent and she never comes to me unless she wants a goodie, you know, unless she wants a treat. Then she comes and jumps on my desk like, hi, I'm here. And I know it's just Aww. a treat. <laughs> so I give her a treat and she goes away. Uh, but if I'm crying, I, I was amazed at this when I first had gotten her. If I was crying, she'd come over and come, you know, right up to my face like, what's the matter with you? I want to fix it. And she amazed me because that's the only time she would ever come over to me on her own volition. (laughs) She's just off doing whatever, you know, she's doing. She's off doing her cat things. But crying, yeah, she's right there. Like, I want to fix. So, and I have a surprise for everybody because I have your favorite Reiki master teacher and mine on the line, who is none other than Franz Stina. Hi, Franz. Hey, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hey, Franz. I oh, thought I'd join you all today. Oh, we're Yay. so happy that you're joining us. This is a great surprise. <laughs> So how are you doing, Fran? I'm very good, thank you. That's good. I hear that Kathleen is going to be in Australia in October. Yeah, there will be a big uh, Reiki conference in Australia organized by the Australian Reiki Connection, what is the biggest Reiki association in Australia, and um, some great teachers coming. Kathleen is speaking, of course. Uh, I will be speaking. Yakuta Ninomoto, and so it'll be great. This is wonderful. This is great. 
Yeah, I'm very uh-huh. excited. I've never been to Australia before, so it's it's wonderful. And I'm actually going to be teaching two classes when I'm there. I'm going to do like a day-long animal Reiki day. At, um, most important practices of animal Reiki is what I'm calling it. And it's going to be a day at Cat Protection Society, which is a cat rescue Mm-hmm. And then, um, or a shelter actually. And then I'm going to do. I'm going to offer a Sarah Level One Reiki class to the staff and volunteers of Cat Protection Society as well. Oh, that is so cool! Very good, very good. Yeah, it will be very fun. And hopefully, I'm, I'm. My goal is that I get to see some some native Australian animals. Like I'd love to see a kangaroo or a wallaby or a koala or. Um, a wombat, maybe. <laughs> That's the one I was thinking of. I kept seeing a wombat in my mind's eye, and I couldn't think of the name of it, but I was going to ask you, wanted me to wombat. <laughs> they're so cute. Yes, they they're are. They're adorable. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. You guys down under have all the cool animals. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of poisonous snakes. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we only have that in Florida, but... <laughs> No, no. Did you guys see that video of that? Uh, I think he was a Black Panther named Diablo, and they had an animal communicator come in and talk to him and find out all kinds of information, including the fact that he did not like that name that they gave him? Yes, I saw that. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. That was like every time I see that, I cry because I don't think enough people understand that animals are sentient beings they have minds they have hearts they have souls and and they should be treated as such i mean for me what was even more powerful i mean she did have a conversation with him and and kind of talked about some things but what i what really was powerful for me that she did which wasn't really talked about but for me that's really the power of what she did the power of what she did was to sit and be with him without expecting anything from him and without judging him and just with an open heart. And so very, really for me when I watch that, I mean, that's really what I teach my students to do, only minus all the conversation. So just that open-hearted part. And I believe that that is what really transformed that big cat was you know, no human had ever sat with him without wanting something from him, without judging him, just being with him and, and when in a space of love, in right. a space of love, compassion, openness, just an open heart. And that was the transformational power of that for me. That's what I really took from that. It was quite beautiful. Well, that's the essence of unconditional love, you know, not that you want something or you expect something. You're just in a space of love. Right. And so that's I, I see you. it always. Uh, sorry, I'm interrupting you. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, and I, and I was hoping you would jump in at that point. I was going to say, and that's really what Reiki is all about. It's really yeah, it's, like it's, pure unconditional love flowing. Absolutely. It's for me accepting the, well, in this case, what was the animal? I haven't seen that video, but it's also if you work with a client uh, doing hands-on healing or, but also for ourselves, uh, when we work on ourselves, it's, it's accepting ourselves for where we are. You know, often we try to fix things and do things and label and judge and distinguish and we're so busy, you know, and um, I think I think when we have that acceptance, when we just, as Kathleen said, when we just sit with that animal or just sit with our student or just sit with a client, I think a tremendous healing can take place because, as Kathleen said, probably no one has ever just sat with that animal, always wanting something. And I think that wanting uh, something from it, I think, is a really uh, a stumble block. I just actually wrote or read this quote just now, two seconds ago. In a mind clear as still water, even the waves breaking are reflecting its light by Dogen, uh, Zen master. And I think if the mind is clear, then everything is reflected. But if we look at reflecting, it's like a mirror. The mirror doesn't label or judge 
or want anything. The mirror is just reflecting in the love and compassion. Right, right. And a lot of times I get into this with counseling uh, people and um, even giving readings. And people are very confused. And when it comes to love, they're just kind of confused. And I hope that as each of us does what we do to help people understand the power of Reiki, the power of energy, the power of unconditional love, that things get better and better and better because too many times people are under the impression that, okay, this, this love is something I give, and if I give, therefore I receive. And I tell mm. people it's not about giving. Love is something which we all are born of love. We are love, and love is something that needs to flow. Think Niagara Falls or think, you know, falls going into a river or, you know, this, this love flows. It has to be constantly flowing from us and it flows into a general pool and then from that general pool then other people share it's a sharing thing it's a flowing and a sharing it's not a giving and a receiving mm-hmm. and that's when you really have love working you know in the best way because as as you guys said well Kathleen said you know that woman with that with that big cat you know when that cat felt the love flowing and and she wasn't expecting anything from him. And the same thing with Reiki. When we give Reiki, it's just love. It's just flowing. That's part of the reason why it feels so good. There's no, okay, so I'm doing this, and then what are you going to do for me? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's just constant flowing of, of love and goodwill and compassion, and that really can work wonders. Absolutely. And I mean, the practices in the system of Reiki, that's what they help us uncover is that inner love that we have because we 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 go astray. You know, I think like when I was teaching the kids in my daughter's class, they're so open and they're so connected. They can you know, they can do six breaths and they can feel the change in their energy. And when we get older, we can't even breathe. You know, we don't even remember how to breathe anymore. And we we can't even sense what's going on inside of us anymore we're so disconnected so i think for me the all the practices of reiki have been incredibly helpful for me personally to go back to that openness that i had as a child that animals have you know so that and that's i think what has always drawn me to animals even before i knew reiki but through my whole life was you know when when difficult times come in your life and you want to shut down then you I would sit with my my Sheltie I had a little Sheltie growing up um, named Muffet and she I would sit with Muffet and I would feel better I would I would feel you know like I wanted to just close down or if I was angry and when I sat with her I couldn't be angry anymore I my heart would open again you know I maybe I would cry <laughs> but it would be a healing kind of a tears and you know um if I was, I had a lot of anxiety as a child. If I was anxious, if I sat with her, you know, she was a, a herding dog. She was very strong, and and I felt brave, you know, when I was with her. So I think animals are another way to help us touch back into, you know, our inner heart and who we are. And so that's why for me the connection of animals and Reiki is is like exponential when you put those two together so power two powerful things put together is just a beautiful way to heal right well it's total acceptance non-judgment animals don't judge and animals accept everyone for who and what they are mm-hmm. and human beings we have that that habit of how can i help what can i do for you which is great but sometimes there's really nothing you can do or sometimes just being there, sitting in silence with a friend or someone is what's needed. Yes. I mean, most of the time that's what's needed. You know, we, we think we have to do something, but the most powerful thing is, is to be. And um, actually next week we're having our very first Sarah retreat. And um, Franz is going to be one of our guest teachers, which I'm very excited about that he will be there. But our theme is 
healing ourselves and our animals through meditation. And this is really about going inward and letting go of everything and remembering our connection, our oneness, um, that open-hearted space, being present, and just letting go of our intellectual, you know, gobbledygook, that human beings that we do so much. Because that really, that open space that meditation brings is, that's the space where healing possibility exists. So if we want to heal our animals, we have to stop reaching out and trying to do something. And we have to turn our focus inward to that quiet space inside and just be in that space. And that's where we can really touch our animals in, the, in their, you know, in all the deepest healing spaces. Right. And I'm sure Franz can expound on this, but I think we're all too uh, indoctrinated to be looking for an outcome all the time. Do you yeah, think, I think this so. happens, think... Franz, because we're outcome really, you know, we're, we're focused on outcome? I think our whole society is focused on outcome, you know, like um, I see this a lot. Oh, in many different ways. Uh, a person might say, oh, I, you know, the the outcome is not what I expected or the outcome of the hands-on healing is not what I wanted or the outcome of my own healing is not what I wanted because we all want, you know, we, we are such a wanting society. And I think it's the same with hands-on healing or sitting in that space with animals. We, we don't, of course, always have to do hands-on healing, but sitting in that space with the animals. Uh, sometimes the animal is just ready to pass away or sometimes, you know, the the outcome is very different than what we want. But the more I think we want a certain outcome, like I think this is also why people, and particularly Kathleen can say more about that, that, um, you know, when you, when you kind of try to push those symbols of, oh, you need to have power to the animal or you need to have emotional mental healing to that, that animal, it's kind of, uh, again, something what we want for that animal. Oh, you have these, so therefore I'm going to help you. But we don't really know. So uh, I see that a lot of animals actually don't really appreciate that. But unfortunately, we human beings, we've become so desensitized. So, uh, But if we really, really look into that deeper element, I think we start to see that we prefer better just to be with each other. It's I think either um, that or I think that it's when you said want. Ego to me, desire, want, those are driven from ego and I think we, we all got caught up in that way too much. There's two pieces of that, um, with the animals um that I've learned, which they're such great teachers. I initially learned the symbols and the mantras and that you you use them to heal certain things. So the power symbol, you put more power here or there, like if they have a broken leg or whatever, you would put the power symbol on there. And if you if they had if they were nervous, then you would draw the second symbol and mantra, you know, you do that over their head or, you know, these kinds of things. And the animals would run away, like literally. They would I would be like, wait a minute, I'm trying to draw the symbol. Come back. Where are you going? You you know, I'm drawing it over your leg that's hurt or I'm drawing it over your head because you're nervous where are you going so what I actually had to do is I had to stop drawing them and using them and um, I really thought well animals they just don't like the symbols and the mantras but what I learned after I first took Franz's class when he taught the symbols as for us to help us not for the, the animals or people not for our clients they're for us and so I thought, oh, I don't think it was they didn't like the symbols and mantras. They didn't like the way I was using them. So I experimented, and I went back out, and I tried going inward with the symbols and the mantras, and the animals came forward. It was a totally opposite experience from what I'd had before. And I realized how sensitive they are to our mental intention. And, you know, people, as Franz said, people are kind of desensitized. But animals, they really get it. And that's the second part is, my intention will make or break a treatment. So, like, I I might go in in the early days. 
I would go in and like somebody would have me come over to their house to do Reiki for their cat that let's say their cat was like spraying on the curtains. Okay. So they're like, okay, can you come do Reiki? So they don't do that. So I go in, in my mind, okay, this cat is naughty. He's, you know, doing this. He needs to stop. That's why I'm here. Okay. So I'm like sending Reiki and I'm like, you know, I'm sending Reiki so that this cat's bad behavior will stop. And that's kind of in my mind. And the cat is like, you know, doesn't want anything to do with me, like totally upset and wouldn't connect at all. And I'm like, okay, that didn't work at all. So then I'm like, you know, I don't think it's that they didn't want Reiki, but I don't. I think it was a bad approach. So the next time I went to somebody's house and they said, oh, you know, the dog is pooping in our shoes. And so we, you know, don't know what the deal is, whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, now I'm not going to go in there thinking, Oh, naughty dog. Bad dog, bad dog, dog. yeah. Yeah. Instead, (laughs) I I went in there with just openness, love, compassion. I tried to not even think of what the bad situation was and just create like a beautiful, peaceful, open space. And and when I looked at the dog, I tried to just see deeper than the behavior problem. And that's what I, I call it seeing with your Reiki eyes. I try to see the heart of the animal. So instead of thinking, oh, the behavior is bad, I think, oh, look at that beautiful heart that that dog has. He's he's just gorgeous. He's a beautiful, bright light. He's perfect. And suddenly the dog's like, hey, can I come sit in your lap? That's I like you. You're the best. And so you have this great Reiki experience, and then they stop acting out. But it wasn't that I tried to make that happen; is that I stopped trying to make anything happen. And I help—it's like, it's like I reconnected with the essence of who I am, the essence of who the dog is, and we're just together in that beautiful connectedness space. And when when you create that space, and the animal chooses to join you there, then all of a sudden everything gets healed or, you know, and it's not always, you know, that every problem gets immediately solved. That's one time that it did, but maybe it's an animal that is passing away, but, but they pass away peacefully. You know, there are many times I worked with animals at Brighthaven and they may have been a little uncomfortable. They seemed like they were, you know, um, having difficulty or nervous. And I would sit with Reiki. I'm not trying to bring them back from the dead. I'm, I'm trying to just be with them and you could just see them just relax and just lay back and ah, oh, and then they could have this beautiful, peaceful transition. So, I mean, I think, I don't know, it's that going inward without an agenda is something the animals will directly, they will show you if you're in your ego. They won't have anything to do with you. So they're very good teachers in that way because you're going to have to have a really fast learning curve or you're not going to have any animal clients. <laughs> they won't want to be around you. Right. Or it's like it's really the true meaning of namaste and brings in the Reiki so that it works in the best way possible. You know, you're you're both in that divine space. So everything just flows the way it's supposed to. Yes. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I know sometimes, you know, we've had uh, requests put up on Reiki Ward that I know a lot of the practitioners have Reiki their guts out trying to save people who came on with a request that, you know, they were far along in whatever their illness was. And and sometimes I would look and say, oh, this person's not going to make it. I know it, but I wouldn't say anything. And then we'd find out later on that the person passed. And a couple of people said, you know, so... Yeah, I feel so bad that we couldn't do anything for that person with the Reiki. I said, but, you know, we're not God. We can't save people from dying. That's not the way it works. But like you said, Kathleen, you can. It makes the transition so much better and so peaceful and and so beautiful. And when you're ill, I mean, this is something that I had to really contemplate and think about when I went through breast cancer twice. Is I had to ask myself, okay, is does that mean that, you know, all these years of Reiki practice were a total waste and that Reiki doesn't work? Because I still got cancer. Good point. Mm-hmm. Or does it mean that now I have tools to get through this difficult 
health issue with peacefulness, with grace, with courage. And, I mean, that's what I really held on to when I was going through all of that was that, you know, what, however this turns out, I don't know how it's going to turn out. You know, the, the reality is we're all going to die. And all we have is today, you know. We, we can't see the future. We don't know. So what do we do with all of our energy now? Do we waste it? Or do we focus it to radiate love to the world, to others? And, I mean, I mean that's what really got me through were my, my Reiki friends who held me up when I couldn't hold myself up, you know. So I think to say, oh, well, we couldn't help her with Reiki, I mean, I could feel, you know, when I went through my, my first surgery in 2011 and I had everybody in Sarah and all my students and they all knew I was having surgery for the six hour period and so they were all going to send me Reiki and I could feel I felt so much love Mm -hmm. and support I was completely calm I was so calm I couldn't even believe it I, I was like you know where is this coming from so I think that to connect with an open heart with love, with somebody who's suffering or going through something difficult, that actually is the most powerful thing we can ever do. There's there's nothing more powerful than that, whatever the outcome is. That focus of our heart in love, that is our true power as a human being. It's true, and we lose, we lose sight of that. People lose sight of that. I mean... Love is a very powerful tool, and we just don't use it enough or know how to harness it enough. And, you know, and again, I, I think that all comes out of the what's in it for me kind of ego thing. Um, mm-hmm. And there's fear in there, too. Like, you know, what if I give out all of this love? What's it, you know, again, we go back to, well, what's it going to do for me? It's, well, it's, because this is this is the other thing. A lot of people practice Reiki because... They think, well, if I practice Reiki, nothing bad will ever happen to me. Nothing bad will ever happen to my animal, you know. And so they, it gives you this sense of, of security that I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and therefore nothing bad will ever happen. But that, and then they get, you know, inevitably life happens, right? There's bumps in the road of life. So then you get discouraged. You've set yourself up for failure, because yeah, that that's sadly what I call living in the delusional lane, you know, because we do tend to do that. You know, this this is going to be this way because, you know, if I put my, almost like the law of attraction, if I put my intention out there, this is what's going to happen. No, it doesn't work that way. But if we spend every day in a, in our meditation practice, when we're feeling good, when we're feeling strong and healthy and we're practicing and we're focusing on the precepts, and we're breathing, we're getting more and more centered, more grounded with, you know, connected to the hara. And we are, um, you know, practicing sharing Reiki with others or hands-on healing with people or sharing Reiki with animals. And we're going to our Reiki classes and we're getting Reiju from our teacher. And so, you know, we have a community of like-minded people and we're talking and discussing and sharing and everything. Okay, now... When something difficult happens in our life, we're not alone. We have support and we have all of those practices that we've been doing are going to help hold us up when something difficult happens to us or to our animal. If our animal faces something, then we're not powerless to do nothing. Right. We can help them. We have the tools, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I um that's why I teach Reiki because I've never seen anything so wonderful in my life until I've experienced Reiki. I was really bowled over by it and uh said, you know, the world has to know about this. I have to I have to tell everybody about this and, and you know 
here I am because I mean when I would go for um astrology charts and things then and they'd tell me I have a teacher's chart, I'm like, You have to be kidding <laughs> Because I was already out of school and I did not prepare to become a teacher. That was the last thing I, I thought was gonna happen. But again, here I am, so <laughs> mm-hmm. Universe had other plans. Yeah, and you just have to kinda of go along with that because uh, that's another thing we all do. We fight the universe. It's like, I want it to be like this. It has to be like this. And you know what? That's not. If that's not why you're here, the universe has other plans for you. You're not going to be where you really want to be. You're, you're going to, you know, and it, the longer you fight it, the longer it takes. And so, you know, yeah. just got to go with the flow, folks. Yes. Um. <laughs> Franz, you know that better than anyone. <laughs> we need to go with the flow, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I heard today but that... I think, no, I'm, sorry, I, I really agree with what Devota is saying. For me, you know, we could say Reiki is love, compassion, and wisdom. Very simple. We we try to make it, I think, a, a very complicated, but it's that pure love without yeah. the need to get anything back or without the idea of giving anything and just just like the the earth is just that pure love you know it's growing and like the sun is just shining it's not saying oh you need to receive this or that or and if we look uh, closely we see a lot of these natural elements uh, pointed out by Mikasui's teachings and I think therefore we need to really remember more that that connection and how nature is behaving if we want to really, you know, be in union with the universe, because the universe for me is like natural. So we have to become more natural in that way of that love and compassion and just being together. We do. And there's almost a war going on. I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but it's like there are people who are embracing that naturalness and embracing taking care of the earth and and becoming one with the earth and all of that. And then there's the other crowd that's going further and further away from it. And some days it's just mind-blowing. It's just like enough already. Um, But I really think that's where we all need to get to be. Um, Well, I feel, I see that with the animals because there are two camps. There are the people who are working to help the animals and there are people who are working to objectify and use the animals um, as products. And so I think that we have to reawaken the compassionate hearts that humans have deep down because we've forgotten. We don't realize that when we harm these animals, we're really harming ourselves, we're harming the earth, the planet we live on. And um, that's one of the reasons that I teach animal Reiki because I I have seen I've had actually so many students tell me that after they started to sit in this meditative space with animals they completely look at them a different way than they did before and these are even animal lovers but animal lovers it's it lends a new depth to your your understanding of the spiritual depth and um and just beauty of the animals and um it creates such a space of connection so it's i've seen it really transform a lot of my students lives you know so i wish everybody would do animal reiki because i think it would completely shift the paradigm of what we use animals for and how we treat them on this planet oh definitely and i just saw today um was it today or less? I don't know that New Zealand legally recognizes animals as sentient beings, which I think Yay. is a huge step. I think that is a huge step. Mm. And hopefully every other country does that because look at the cruelty going on here in New York with these carriage horses. Mm-hmm. And they have these horses running around Central Park in bed conditions and everything. And the people really don't know how these horses are treated, but it's it's abominable. And... um you know, you shouldn't, you know, be doing that. And all the wolves that they're killing, they're massacring wolves all over the place. Plus the 
um, sea life. I mean, it's like, why are you people killing all these animals? What did they ever do to you? But um, It's because we're asleep. We're zombies. We're zombies. We're not connected. We're not... We're living with a closed heart and a closed mind, you know? Um, and I think it's very difficult for a lot of us. This is another reason that I teach Reiki for animal caregivers is because there's so much compassion fatigue. When you actually open your eyes to what is happening with animals, with the world, it's very difficult. It's very heavy. So you have to really care for yourself and take time to nurture your own energy and to rest and to, you know, stay positive and to find silver linings, you know, because otherwise you just burn out. That's very true. That is very true. But Reiki is a very rejuvenating kind of a practice so that even if you go into your practice feeling down or telescoping your mind on, you know, all the things that are going wrong. But when you sit in a Reiki meditation, it expands your mind and your being so that you feel so much lighter and more open. And you realize that all healing is possible. So nothing is hopeless and that we can, we can, we can sit in gratitude for the good things even as we are trying to support animals who are going through, you know, difficulties. Our own, the, for me, the only thing that gives us the strength to do that is our meditation practice. We can't just do it on our own. Too hard. Right, right. I know there have been days where I just don't feel, you know, 100% energetic, and then I'll think, oh, I have clients. Good! Because I know once I start doing the Reiki, I'll I'll get my engine rolling again, you know. But um and that's what I love about it too. The more you give, the more you get. So I mean what's what's better than that? Mm-hmm. Let's see. I have I have a caller. I have a caller on the line. Let's see. I know this person. Good evening, Joseph. You're on Violet Reiki Radio. Good evening, Violet Rose. Good evening, Kathleen. I'm enjoying the program immensely. I have a comment. Something that Thanks. you touched on. Yes, something that you touched on, Kathleen, about healing animals using the Reiki symbols. Um, I'm only a first-level student of Rose, but I've always practiced spiritual healing for many, many years in many modalities. But I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that what you said I think is very true, that the symbols are not necessarily uh, to be used but on animals. as I don't think they would work on animals as they do on humans, or they could. I really don't know. But I believe that Reiki's energy is uh, all-knowing in its own right. It's, it's, it's a knowing uh, uh, energy, and it knows where to go and what to do. So I don't think that the symbols necessarily have to be applied. Now, that's my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. I really am not as knowledgeable of you guys. And, but I love, the, I love the concept anyway, so I will listen and learn from you people. Okay, and I thank you so much, and I love the work that you're doing, and keep up the good work. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, for me, the, t- the symbols and the mantras are just um, tools, you know? Yes, I believe so, so, yes. You don't have to use them. You're right. There are other tools as well. There are lots of tools. Right. So, um, and the other thing to me, too, is that we need to remember that we are Reiki. Yes. So, you know, Reiki isn't something separate from us that we need to try to heal this or that problem. We are Reiki. We are healing. We are wisdom and compassion. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. It's just coming back to who we are. And actually, Franz's new book is called The Inner Heart of Reiki, and that's what this book is all about is that's what Reiki is about. It's that inner heart that compassion and the oneness yeah so you know and and so yeah Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree wholeheartedly. I just wanted to, you know, put my two cents in and get your sense. On. I mean, I know what you were saying, and my own feeling, my own limited experience, although, like I said, I've done healing through prayer for the last 50 years or so. I'm now a retired, ordained minister of spiritualism, but all through my life I've done prayer work, and I've had group healings 
through prayer work, you know, not laying on of hands, although I can do it, but I never chose to do so. I used to do it through prayer and group, you know, mantras, vibrations, and healings and like, in that respect. We got a great result. So energy is energy is energy, but I know that Reiki is, uh, I almost want to say compared to infinite intelligence, it's part of the infinite intelligence or the universal intelligence, if you will. So, yeah, I believe that just, sending out the energy, working, working, using. I mean, in my own life, it has been a blessing. Rose can tell you I've had lots of health conditions throughout my years, and it's over a year or so, Rose, that I took Reiki well with you, maybe going on two years, and I do Reiki sometimes three, especially in the winter. I don't fare well in the winter. I, I think it's going to be three years. <laughs> three years already? Oh, my God. Time flies. See, you're having fun. And I do Reiki. As I was listening to the program, I was doing Reiki on myself. And I just tell you, it's been a blessing in my life. I'm a stubborn Torian who should have took Reiki years, years ago, but I was always busy doing something else. So my dear friend Rosie was into it. And I said, you know what? If Rosie's into it and I respect and love her judgment, I'm going to get some of this good stuff. And I finally did, and I'm so happy I did. And so I want to commend you all. Franz also, I've heard Franz on the program before. I think we spoke once on Rose's program. And I just want to salute all of your divinities and keep up the good work. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, Rosie, we'll talk later. I'll continue right. listening to the show. Continue listening. Thanks, Joseph, for calling in. You're welcome. Okie dokie. Well, guys, we did a show. We made it. We all got here. We had a lovely show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen, for being here. Thank you, Franz, for being here as well. Thank you. I can't wait for the new books to come out. And um, God bless both of you. And onward and upward. And keep doing what you're doing. You too. Thank you, Rose. Have a wonderful you too. All right, so guys. Take care. Be well. Love you both. Okay. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening who joined us here tonight. And I will be back next week. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody.